Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. What, Neely? Don't let friends feed kibble. Why not? Come on. Why not? Isn't there a premium kibble out there? Yeah, that's an oxymoron if I ever heard one. Isn't that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kibble, it's loaded with sugar in the form of starch and carbs and um it's cooked to death and processed and extruded and so regardless of what you start out with you end up with crap cks crappy kibble syndrome exactly all you got to do is look on the uh, look on the label and i think i think this doesn't really register with people kind of like how putting toxins inside your dog to kill the parasite as it bites it is not really prevention but that's a whole nother podcast um is that you know they see all those added vitamins and minerals they're like oh look at that look at all these great things it has in it well you know why because they stripped out all of the natural bioavailable vitamins and minerals that were in the food to start with so they had to add synthetic back in so if you got added stuff in the ingredient list uh that just is more proof that it's crap now the other problem i see with this though Niels, is is when you really look at the ingredients are the protein numbers coming from animal protein or are they coming from plant protein so like lentils peas usually plant protein so the whole grain free thing is all of farce too because like what you just said they add in peas and lentils and um all kinds of different uh plant proteins like that which which they use as the binder and starch and protein instead of um <clears throat> corn and wheat and um what other kind of garbage they put in there so yeah i mean and also you know people think oh well meat's the first ingredient well that's not the it's it's um they do the weight before it's dried of the meat portion and then they split ingredients so they might have a corn product and split it into four different four different items that are all corn but they make that percentage smaller so there's all kinds of tricks and things so just because you have quote unquote meat as the first or second ingredient doesn't mean anything right Right. And um, I always wonder, Neely, when we're looking at, because, you know, we're kind of onto them and we're teaching people how to figure this out. Which is why they keep changing the definitions. I've <laughs> just changed all the definitions again. And they don't want you to know what they are because the the uh, code book or whatever it's called, you know, the where they publish all their information, which is different pretty much every year, is like several hundred dollars. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's a we, racket. Well, I, you know, everyone is changing their definitions these days. Yeah, what's up with that? 
They're following the seed, taking the CDC's lead and just changing the definition. Can we just change the definition of raw and say it is the only thing that is that is appropriate for dogs? Period. Bar none. <laughs> I thought that was already the definition. Of it raw. is. It is. But, you know, some of the people out there in the health industry, they're trying to make it a bad thing, as always. But um, so this this is what we were looking at, our team was looking at for a certain customer who was mixing, okay, kibble and raw, and her dog was not eating the raw. Um, now, there are some dogs that tend to be able to eat the kibble and the raw together. But I will say this, that if you're trying to move away from kibble and just go with raw, you really got to pull it out. And yeah, I don't know why anybody would, would do that. It's, it's a mess waiting to happen. I, I don't mix it. It's a horrible idea. It is a horrible idea, but tell us why it's a horrible idea because um, you know, we used to, pussyfoot around the transition thing and say okay do a slow transition and you said stop it stop it right now <laughs> snap out of it don't do that but you had a good reason for why you don't do that so let's talk about that for a second why would you not well, want to kibble and raw there, well so like we just said kibble is loaded with starches which is what feeds the um uh well for lack of a better way to say it and we won't go into this portion either, but um, feeds the pathogenic bacteria throughout the system, right? And it makes the um, as it makes the um, environment more alkaline. So you need a very acidic environment to digest the the raw, which a dog naturally has, unless you put um, unless you put those starches in there, and then it alkalizes it which makes it harder to digest it. So you have competing, um, two competing types of food trying to um, go through the digestion process. And um, in the meantime, you, you're backing up, slowing down everything that's going through and the starches are, are feeding um all the bacteria in there that shouldn't, you know, that should be there in moderation. And that's how, that's how come people that a lot of people, um, end up with, they say that, that, um, you know, their dog got a bacterial infection or got the colitis or something from raw. Well, I can get pretty much guarantee you it wasn't from the raw. It was because they were feeding them something starchy too. Why risk it? And why, why, would you take a good food and totally ruin it and adulterate it with kibble? Well, that's like, you know, you're doing a really great diet, but at lunch you're eating a, a donut every day. A donut. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think you're going to have some really bad poops if uh, really runny. Poops yeah, you'll have you'll have nasty poop. You'll have gurgling. You have um, you can get uh, reflux. You can get. um puking you can get all kinds of weird here's the problem neely um in the world today it is an information war period so it depends on how many people you get saying the same thing whether it's right or wrong it is the name of the game how many people do you have saying the same thing 
to convince somebody that it is one way. And that that is the problem. I mean, honestly, if you look at how many raw dog food podcasts there are out there, not many. How many raw dog food, true raw, pure raw, unadulterated raw dog food companies there are out there? How many? Not many. Not many. And, I haven't. Yeah. I, and that's the thing. People say, oh, I feed raw. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, I go to the pet store and I buy those commercial preformed patties or Stella and Chewy's or something like that. I'm like, look at the label. Look at the label. It's it, not it, what it is. No, no, it's not. And I'm going to come back to that label in one second. But talking about how does a small voice go up against a lot of voices? And I thought this was very interesting. Um, let me find this really quick of how many vets are in the world. It's something, well, I'll just do a, a roundabout. It's something like 437,000, okay, in, in, in the U.S., 437,000. That's and going up against the, the raw industry. So, I mean, that's a lot. And so you have to, you have to look at your dog. Um, you have to stop doing the things that are irritating your pup. For instance, a new customer uh, coming in from Illinois, one of the most beautiful black Germans I have ever seen, seriously, um, just a gorgeous dog, young dog, um, but he's itching like crazy, his paws and at the end of his tail. Well, they are feeding a lot of inappropriate treats and they were feeding lamb. So I said, let's, I'm not sure it's the lamb. If we look at energetics of food, it's very hot. Typically you and I would not suggest that. Uh, not for, in the summer, especially for a black dog or in, a, in an itchy dog. Definitely not. Yeah. So, um, but I think that people really do forget you know, and I don't know this dog's, he, he's probably highly vaccinated because he was, he failed in police work. I mean, he's a great, you know, protection dog, yeah. but not for the, the police. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's probably highly, highly, you know, vaccinated. But um, I, I said to the pet parents, you know, and now he's on Apoquil and he's on Cytopoint and this guy's only three. And oh my I, God. First thing that we need to do is we need to stop the treats let's move him over to a cooler protein let's uh maybe do detox the the body and also put some omega-3s in there but like the potency which i think is amazing um because you don't have to convert that and everything but anything else that you would suggest for those itchy dogs like that stop vaccinating them uh get them mm -hmm. off of the get a do whatever you have to do to get them off of the Abiquil and Cytopoint because that just totally trashes their system. You know, you can't just stop cold turkey. It's kind of like steroids. You have to, you have to come off slow or you have all kinds of weird effects, but whatever you have to do to get them off, get them off. And um, I would do a, a adored beast anti-vax. I would do a, um, liver tonic, either the adored beast or the four leaf rover has a, a, a liver, um, kidney cleanse. We just got it. Liver yeah, kidney see, cleanse. Yeah, we just got it. That, it's in, it's in the store. It's season changing anyway, which, and also you said they just moved from Illinois. So you, you're coming from hum humidity to dry as, you know, 
all get out. So you got environmental factors going on. You got stress factors going on. You got all that stuff. And yeah, I would do uh, rabbit and tripe and duck and uh, maybe some beef and turkey. Um, definitely fish or phytoplankton at the very least um, and cool him off. And I would, I would do that probably through the winter too. Yeah. So he, and one of the questions that they asked me was how long do you think it's going to take? And I said, well, here's the, it's going to take a while. We don't know how assaulted your dog's gut is, right? We don't know. And, um, but, but do you think that they could see some reduction in itching by just pulling out maybe some of these offending treats? Um, Oh, Oh yeah. You know, the other thing that we just got in Neely too is the Geesty Bees topical spray. Okay. Um, let me ask you a question about that because uh, when you look at adored beasts and how they're using that, we, we can't, let me, let me make this statement. You cannot use this and continue to put the offending foods in the body. You have to, you have to eliminate the, the toxic input in order for the body to get rid of it, to start to heal itself. You can't keep doing those offending behaviors. So we did get that in as well. Would you add that? And the reason I would say that over the restore, and I know the restore helps with itchiness and takes that itchiness out. However, if you're putting restore on the paws and then they're walking around, it does leave a little greasy residue on your floor. He's got itchy feet and he's licking his feet. Whatever you put on there, he's going to lick off. This is the problem. We have to remember that treats, even if they say organic, if you turn them over and they have organic flour or organic pea starch or organic, who cares? That's not, that should not go into the dog. Let's do one ingredient. Okay. One ingredient. And a lot of the, the manufacturers are starting to catch onto this. So. And make it an animal product ingredient. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like a kidney or liver or heart yeah, or something. yeah air dried yeah or or the duck feet or oh bone broth would be good for that dog okay nice nice get some extra collagen and stuff in that mm-hmm. it's so um i i did a podcast a while back where i said things move away from its originality so far on the spectrum like raw Right. So raw. Remember when we were doing the bunnies in the bag and where people were just doing, you know, whole prey, which was Mm -hmm. more like the whole animal or Mm -hmm. more pieces and stuff like that. And obviously people get squeamish. So we've done the blends now where we're grinding up for you. And I get that. Some people just can't stand that sound of crunching, you know, on an animal or something (laughs) like that. But honestly, Neely raw has moved so far in the direction. Yeah. That's what I was saying a little little bit earlier about the whole commercial raw. I feed, I feed raw. Well, that doesn't mean what it used to mean. It doesn't. And um, the, the whole carrageenan, you know, issue that's out there, you see that, you know, many of it has carrageenan in it and it has a lot of things that are not good. But yeah. that narrative is still so strong and certainly still people being pushed to feed a prescription diet. And I hope that our podcast helps people. And, and I do hear a lot of our customers who say, you know, my vet, 
uh, wanted me to feed a prescription diet. And I just said, no. Good for them. Yeah. Because I think that they're, they're getting more confident and they're looking at that bag. And again, if you just ask them what in this is prescription, right? What is this? What's in here that I can't get anywhere else? You can make a, uh, dog food out of cardboard and air and say that it's uh medicinally active that 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 just shows you the corruption in the freaking fda you know and that's so frightening neely because i i've said this seeing what we have seen on the human side um mm-hmm. you you gotta realize that there's so much going on on the dog side because it's so easy mm-hmm it's so easy for that to go on on the dog side. That's that's one area that we tend to not ask questions. You know, uh, we do, but yeah. I mean, most people just do not ask questions. We had a question come in that said, what is the nutritional info on duck heads? Beaks, brains, eyeballs, and bone. Yeah, but they really do want to know what the nutritional information is. So a lot of things you can pull off of the USDA site. Yeah. Right. And so I did find that information on duckheads, which basically is three grams of fat, about 28 grams of protein, uh, no carbs, you know, so it's, it's pretty basic. I'm not sure if people are wanting to know, Hey, what is every vitamin mineral trace mineral that is in that food? Um, but again, you can't micromanage it that way. I know it's, I, that drives me crazy. It's like, I, yeah, that, that whole mentality of um, scrutinizing every single milligram of this and that and blah, blah, blah. That just makes me crazy. I'm like, nobody's going to keep feed. Nobody's going to continue or even start feeding an appropriate diet if they think that they have to do that i mean come on people it's food yeah uh, yeah and and food, get over it but <laughs> people keep very very afraid of food uh for some reason yeah but they'll take but they'll they'll go pop a pill or an advil or tylenol or or some antibiotic or something without even thinking twice about it and that stuff will kill you today i don't even know gosh anything that's coming from the pharmaceutical company and i know that i'm gonna need some things you know that are gonna help me but gosh neely it sure is scary because they can come back and say oh we're sorry (laughs) the whole system of contagion and and sickness and healing and all that is completely um backwards yeah who are you listening to these days um on that same as same as same as i have been i mean um you know dr Merritt's probably my favorite um dr cowan and dr kaufman and uh, Dr. Young and Dr. Merritt and, you know, that's all, they're all, um, and oddly enough, those, those people that are MDs, people, doctors, um, they were smart enough to just know that they should feed their animals real food. I mean, Dr. Kaufman has a dog that he feeds raw and Dr. Cowan has 
uh, a whole parcel of cats that he feeds raw to just because he it, without any any uh prompting at all he's like well you know all animals should have real food it, it, that just uh, oh, oh that only makes sense so i mean they came they came to that all on their own so you know you know what when my brother was diagnosed with kidney cancer i turned him on to the weston a price institute and he has been really listening to the podcast they put out and that's uh dr thomas cowan who you're talking about over there as well yeah. and um he started fermenting his own food um he has been looking at, uh, you know, trying to find a unpasteurized milk. There are some states that that have allowed that. Um, but yeah, you still have to do it through a co-op, though. I think you have to like buy part of a cow or something like that. Even yeah, I, I think in the places where it's legal. Yeah, other uh, places you just got to find bootleg. Right. It's so crazy that you would have to find bootleg stuff that's healthy. But, I know. <laughs> that that's that's kind of that's kind of the way it is with everything though weston w-e-s-t-o-n-a price p-r-i-c-e a great site if you want to talk about or you want to get information on real food for yourself which also leads you over to real food for your dogs one of the things that i think is so great about the service that you provide neely is that you can take things apart and it, maybe it's just not that hard for you but you know I see some of the the um, information that comes in, obviously, and man, how how do you do that when people are on so many different things, um, and their dogs have so many problems? You know, I can just see that these pet parents are just in a um, conundrum. Right. They're going around and around and around and around. And they've talked to this person. They've talked to that person and they're doing this and they're doing that. How do you address those issues? We just talk about it and, you know, whatever they're on, I ask them why. And I try to look most of that stuff up before I talk to them. So at least I have an idea of whether it's a legit thing or not. Um, and it depends on where they where they come from. You know, um, a lot of Rita's people come on her protocols so i know those are good you know mm-hmm. um and i know she's already talked to them about the dangers of those you know all that kind of stuff ultimately you know i just present what i think and why i think it and then it's kind of up to them to decide what to do um you know a lot of people have that thought in the back of their mind too they just are not confident that they're right because nobody else has ever said something like that so um you know sometimes it's just a matter of validating what what their line of thinking already was that that you honestly that's usually what it is a lot of times you just kind of have to see what works yeah because there's you know there's there's not a lot of uh realistic ways that you can really tell what is actually going on so the simpler the better usually right right we got to get down to simplistics for sure and you know the biggest problem that well 
it isn't the biggest, but it's another big problem that I see out there is that there are so many crappy supplements on the market. So many. I say, be careful with the digestive enzymes. It's a great thing. It's they're a great thing to use when you need them, but don't overdo it. The body and the the food and all that works together, kind of like a kind of like a a dance. And if you start throwing a whole lot of one thing in there, it gums up the works. Well, look what kibble's done. Even on these so-called premium kibbles, which I'm not sure where that that narrative got started. You know, junk. How contaminated is that food? Just all those little things that that you have no idea what it is. Um, so, for instance, I was looking at um, if you look in some, and I was seeing this in some dairy uh, palmitate, and I, I hope I'm saying that right, palmitate. So it's P-A-L-M-I-T-A-T-E. What is it, right? So I'm looking that up. What is palmitate? Well, it's a form of vitamin A, okay? Um, And vitamin A obviously is found in animal products like liver, eggs, you know, but this palmitate is a manufactured supplement. So it's not a true form of vitamin A. It's a retinol. Um, retinols are supposed to be bioavailable, but if you really look at that and it's in a lot of milks, it's in a lot of cheese, what are the, the, it's got like side effects to it, right? So it's got all these different, um, problems that can occur. Why? Because it's a manufactured form of vitamin A. And you know, this whole, well, it's bioavailable or it's not or whatever. I, I, I think the way they measure that is they just look in, look in the poop. And if it comes out in the poop, it's not bio, bioavailable. And if it doesn't, then they, then they say it is. It's like, well, okay, it could just be a toxin that the body can't get rid of, too. You know, that doesn't mean just because it doesn't come out doesn't mean that it's getting used in an appropriate way. I, I The more you look at quote unquote science, the more it's like, this is like ridiculous. So that makes sense. Doesn't prove anything. So that's a, that's a good point. We've never talked about before how they determine something is bioavailable. If you're going to, if you're going to say, show me the science, show me the studies. Well, if you look at the studies and you look at the methods and you look at um, the assumptions most of it's nonsense. The, nobody looks past the title and the abstract and the conclusion sometimes. I mean, the vast majority of, of published science anymore is bought, paid for nonsense. And Even, I can say that because I, I, I used to work in a lab. I know what goes on. So what I is work peer, in multiple labs, actually. You know, we hear this. It's peer reviewed. Is it peer reviewed of like minded people or peer reviewed of unbiased people? Oh, they're definitely not biased. Um, and the editor usually has final say, and he just is a group of um, scientists that review things and are spo- supposed to point out the faults and the fallacies and all that kind of stuff. But if you like, for instance, if you have uh, a scientist that's in the same, um, you know, kind of in the same area of study and you have somebody that's trying to publish something that his theory it goes against the other guy's theory. It'll and he's on the review panel. It'll never get through. 
He won't let it through because it's contrary to his, what he's working on. So, I mean, that kind of crap goes on all the time. And if you're, most of this stuff is, is government funded. So if you're trying to get, if you're trying to get a grant, um, they tell you uh, areas of interest, but you have to focus your, your results, your, your preliminary results towards what they want to show or they're not going to give you any money. Which is what I Anthony mean, Fauci that, controlled for. Yeah. Solar. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's true. I mean, I've, I've been involved in writing grants and, and tweaking experiments so that it comes out leaning one way or the other so that we enhance our chances of getting funded. I mean, that that's just the way, that's just the way it, quote unquote science is done it's it's uh and a lot of it is based on old assumptions that have become dogma that have just been carried on for decades and decades some sometimes centuries that the basic assumption has never been proven and in a lot of cases this it's actually been disproven multiple times so anything that any any conclusion that's arrived upon based on that original assumption is totally bogus which is a whole virus thing i mean you know it's totally bogus so because the original assumption is not true so i don't understand this premise if you are going to have to write something in order to get the money, a grant, right? In order to get mm-hmm. the money, then mm-hmm. are you saying that the research is going to come out in favor of that person that just gave you the grant money? Because you can't really yes. be doing honest. Re- then why would you even yes. want to do the research? What's the so point? You, so you. You get the grant money. I mean, how do you think professors and grad students get their salaries paid? It comes from those grants. So you're saying that the grants are really only there in order to keep you in a job and so you can get paid, even if it's bogus. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I know. That's what I'm saying. And to promote whatever, um, you know, steer the uh, popular opinion, whichever way whoever whoever's putting the money up wants it to go that's exactly what i'm saying so you've got these scientists uh, who aren't really doing science because they're writing a grant slanted so that they get the grant money and the grant money is coming in to do an experiment that they can't really do real science with because if they do real science then they won't get more grant money in the future yeah yeah. So that that sounds like a little hamster wheel. It is. Where do we get the real science? I mean, from? how long did it take them to finally come out and prove that smoking was hazardous to your health? How long did that take? And how how, how, how much deaths? science did they base on it being good? For, I mean, they said for decades that it was good for you based on science. Right. I mean, that's just that's just one example. I mean, it's all over the place. It's it's nonsense. So uh, the question is really, um, I guess. Who's being held responsible for harming people and pets in the environment? So right now, nobody (laughs) right now, nobody. But I mean, even if you look at Monsanto, okay, or Bayer, right, because Bayer bought uh, Monsanto. They've got so much money from polluting yeah, yeah. 
the environment that it doesn't really matter how many people they have to pay out. And, and to go through that process, I can't imagine what it cost for everyday people, everyday mom and pop people um, to go up against a Goliath like Monsanto, proving that they were, you know, poisoned, that yeah, they got well, cancer. Well, yeah. um, so I guess they're hedging their bets, right? It's like, hey, we can afford to pay out this many claims because we have this much money, right? Sort of like. Um, well, they do a cost, they do a um, cost benefit analysis, you know, I mean, pharmaceutical companies are notorious for this. They'll, they'll say, okay, well, this drug is likely to kill or harm this many people, but we'll still sell this much and we'll, we'll still come out way in the black. So we're going to go ahead and do it. I mean, they've done that behind closed doors for forever. There's proof of that. Uh, um, it's, that's why when somebody says peer reviewed or scientific literature or whatever, I roll my eyes and like, yeah, okay, whatever, here we go. It doesn't mean squat. Well, and I, and, and again, I always have to go back to the censorship. Whenever you're shutting down people, threatening their livelihood uh, because you say they're putting out false information, um, I think that people are pretty darn smart and they can tell that whenever there's censorship, that they, they don't want another narrative coming out. And I think that's the, what we saw. The vast majority of stuff being censored is, is true. Um, well, in the AVMA being so against raw, I mean, why do you think that is? Because big dog food sponsors the vet schools. That's why I don't go to the vet. I don't, you know, that's just not something that I think is, necessary my and and oddly enough my dogs don't get sick that's why we say rotate in the uh raw dog food world you don't just want chicken you don't just want beef you don't just want rabbit we can the, the biggest thing to do is to reduce the toxic load so uh no vaccines no pharmaceuticals no fake food no um toxic exposure outside to like um, pesticides and herbicides and things like that. We hope that's given you guys some good information today. Um, the one thing I would say is if you want to revamp your dog's diet, if you want to stop and get off the merry-go-round, stop pulling your hair out, stop spending money that doesn't need to be spent, stop over um, toxifying your dogs, you want to get in touch with Neely Piazza, who can certainly help you out. Um, help decipher everything, calm you down, give you some confidence, give you some information. All you have to do is go to my experts page. If you go to the health consults, Neely pops up right away. Just click on that, fill out that information. The more information, the better. She can take a look at things prior to uh, scheduling your appointment, but you do get a discount just by listening to rawdogfoodandco.com. All right, Neely. Well, I always look forward to you coming on the uh, podcast every week. If you have questions uh, that you would like for us to answer here on the podcast, email me on the contact page. Um, you can also go to the I'm Overwhelmed button and say, hey, please uh, address this on the podcast. Thanks so much. Get over to rawdogfoodandco.com. We make feeding a species appropriate diet super easy. I know we have a lot of blends, but that just means you have a lot to pick from. Go to rawdogfoodandco.com where your pet's health is our business. And we're what, Niels? Friends don't let friends feed kibble.
That's right. We'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. 